Our Gospel reading this morning is from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to give sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. Um, I would like to give a special welcome to uh, all of those uh, from St. Mark's who are either watching from home or here with us. And a special welcome to Dave and Val. Uh, it's very nice to see you in the flesh, having uh, Zoomed with you. In a, it's a new verb so many times. And uh, also for Karen, lovely that you could be here. And again, to see you in the flesh is lovely as well. So uh, it's lovely for me to welcome, welcome you. And uh, what an exciting service and uh, a wonderful thing to be part of. We're very grateful for the partnership with St. Mark's and... Uh, I think it's really of the Lord the way this has come together and uh, we're very excited about the future. I'd just like to spend a few minutes um, talking about that passage we just heard um, from Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. Um, The main teaching in this passage is actually about the deity of Jesus and it would be lovely for me to spend 40 minutes talking about that. Um, I'm not going to, you may be relieved, Um, but uh, I'd just like to spend a few minutes actually not talking about the deity of Jesus, which is the main teaching point, but looking at uh, it from a slightly different angle. I'd like to look at it from the point of view of the person who was paralyzed and the friends who helped him. And I just want to draw some parallels between What's happening in this account and what, God willing, we hope to see happen in the work of CAP and our involvement with the people in our community in Cardiff. 
And I'd like to look at the predicament, first of all, of the vulnerable person there. And then the perseverance of his good friends. And then last of all, the power of Jesus in that situation. So first of all, the predicament of a vulnerable person. The context, Jesus is teaching, preaching and healing. And he is drawing enormous crowds to himself to I imagine a lot for the healing because that must have been amazing for people to know that kind of intervention of God's power through Jesus. And as it says in the passage, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left in the house Jesus was in, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And then it says some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And I think, just some reflections on this poor man. He's paralyzed, he's trapped in a situation that he can't change himself. He's paralyzed. There isn't a hope for him outside of Jesus. And... He's trapped in that situation. It's a devastating predicament for him. And economically, he's without hope. I imagine the only thing open to him in his situation might have been begging. But economically, that's a a terrible place to be. There was a solution for him. Jesus was healing people. And the solution was available. But he couldn't avail avail himself of it by himself. He couldn't get up and go to Jesus. He wasn't like somebody who was a leper who could go and ask. He was stuck. And also, there was another need he had. And it could be that he didn't realize that need. He had a spiritual need as well. But the dominant need for him was being paralysed. Now the parallels are are pretty clear really from the point of view that there are people around in our city who are completely trapped in a situation that they can't change. Debt is a trap. And it's, it's something people just cannot get out of. You're hearing Thomas, he just didn't even want to open the letters. Well, I don't blame him. It must have been awful. And it's such a devastating predicament. And economically, it is without hope. You could see that clearly. And there are people now within maybe yards, certainly within a mile of this church and St. Mark's church, who will be stuck in this situation without hope. Remember, he wouldn't even go out, Thomas. They're sitting there with the curtains closed, not with any shred of hope for getting out of this situation. And also, they have a spiritual need. That is part of the situation they're in. They may not realize it, but they do. Taking the story on, well, his friends. Let's look at the perseverance of his good friends. Fantastic that he had friends. 
Without them, he's going nowhere. But there are friends who cared for him, who had compassion on him in his situation. So they took him to see Jesus. That is an excellent thing to do. They decided to help and their help was practical. They didn't just sit alongside him and say, well, there, it's tough for you. I realize how tough I'm here for you. Well, they were here for him. But they actually picked him up, four of them, and took him to see Jesus. They had faith in Jesus, these people. Otherwise, why would you take him to see Jesus? If you didn't think Jesus was going to heal him, why on earth bother taking him? And also, what was really impressive was that they persevered. You can imagine them reaching the house and there wasn't even enough room, it says in the passage, that because of the crowd, they they couldn't even get near the house to get in. Now at that point, you could have honestly said, right, that's it, fair enough, good try, but there's no way you're going to see him today. Look at it. We can't even get into the house, let alone get to see Jesus. Sorry, we'll go. But no. They climbed up onto the roof and pulled the tiles away. Well, that's commitment. And they were committed to getting there. I mean, if somebody thought, ah, Jeff Gressel's speaking today, I'd really like to go and hear him. And they come outside of the church and, oh, I'm sorry, all the seats are taken, it's COVID and we've we've filled it up. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm really going to hear Jeff Gressel. He's so amazing. And so they shin up the drain pipe and then suddenly up above there, there are tiles being ripped off the roof. They're going to see, they're going to listen to me this morning. Maybe only 13 minutes, but boy, I'm going to get there and hear it. Okay, well, that's commitment. They had that commitment. They ripped the roof off and dropped Jesus down. Now, that's what we're looking for in CAP, isn't it? People who will go to the people around, the vulnerable people, befriend them. They're called befrienders, real friends. And people who will be alongside them and offer them practical help. Not just say, it's tough for you, to say, here you are, here's practical help. And that's not, here's a book, follow the book and you'll be out of your debt. Just follow that. That's not what it's about. When Adrian will go with a friend... It will be to know you, to get to know you as a friend. It's personal. And that's what CAP offers. It's personal. Now, coming to Jesus. Well, here, actually, the parallels uh, diverge slightly. And uh, I wouldn't want to push the parallels too hard. Because actually now... This is a direct encounter with Jesus in terms of the healing that takes place. Well, that must have been wonderful. But one of the things that strikes me about what happens when they lower the man in front of Jesus is that the man doesn't get initially what he expects. I mean, if I was writing this, if if it was my script, they'd lower the man down and Jesus would look at him and he'd say, What tremendous faith, because Jesus does realize that this man has uh, tremendous faith, as well as his friends. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, 
And what you're expecting next is, you're healed. Take up your mat and go. And he says, son, which is a lovely thing to say. I think it's so personal, isn't it? Son, your sins are forgiven. What? No, no. Uh, I'm healed from my paralysis. No, your sins are forgiven. Because that's his real need. That's his deepest need. That is, in fact, the whole ball game. Your sins are forgiven. You're right with God. There's eternal life for you because of your faith in me. What a fantastic thing to say. And God willing, that's what people will discover when they get involved with CAP. They may well get out of debt. Hundreds, thousands of people have got out of debt through CAP. That's tremendous. That's needed. But actually, so many of them, like Thomas in that video, have met Jesus and have had their sins forgiven. And that's what we pray, isn't it? That that will happen. But Jesus doesn't leave him there in that situation. As Cap works, both with the physical side, with the need for debt to be removed, as well as the spiritual need for people to be forgiven and come to meet Jesus, Jesus still does heal him. He does it in a way that proves that he's the son of God. And he says, I tell you, get up your mat and go home. And that's to prove to those who are around that he has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And as we bring these people into our community as churches in St. Mark's and here at Highfields, they will see that Jesus has that authority to forgive sins. And God willing, their sins will be forgiven and they'll be out of debt. Both things true. Their physical need met, but their spiritual need met, which they don't necessarily know right now that that's what they need. But their lives are transformed. And what a wonderful thing to think that lives will be transformed, as they are, whenever a person comes and comes to know Jesus. So, and at the end, well, God is praised. And I'm sure that there'll be much praising in God, before God for the lives that have been transformed through this work, God willing. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Well, let's pray that that will be true for us. Let me pray to finish. Father, thank you that Jesus is so amazing. Thank you that he not only meets our needs that are practical, but fundamentally, the main thing that, Lord, we can know forgiveness of sins and a relationship with you through his shed blood. Lord, that is wonderful. And we praise you for it. And ask that through this initiative that your spirit would take hold of it. And Lord, that it could lead many people out of debt and also into a relationship with Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen.
Well, behind me now, um, there will be a slide uh, come up, which if anybody does want to be join in in some way in CAP and uh, maybe be a befriender, there is training coming up, then uh, there's some details there. Um, or just approach myself, Darren or Adrian, um, or in St. Mark's, Dave and Val, uh, if you're interested in getting involved more practically. Um, let's finish with the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.